Welcome to Black Girl Say Something. This is episode four of season one. And this week's topic is compromise or be compromised. So I am in this place in my life where I'm cleaning out my phone of all these old memories and just really decluttering my phone. Um, And I just really don't want to have these negative memories because Apple has this thing where it pulls up all of these memories. And while capturing the perfect picture, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And to capture the perfect moment is one thing, but to remember what it took to capture that perfect moment and all the negativity that came with that, I just don't want to see it. And so I did come across one of these quotes, uh, pictures when I was deleting out of my phone. And it says, if you stay silent about the problem to keep the peace, then there is a 0% chance that the problem gets fixed. And so that quote is so important to this week's topic because I found myself staying silent about so many different problems, thinking I was being compromising while not realizing I was being compromised. And so, of course, you know, I got to come with the definitions so we're all on the same page. And a compromise is an agreement or settlement or of a dispute, an agreement or settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side. So pretty much when two people can come together or parties come together and they can decide on something that works for all of them. But here's the catch to that while I'm just saying the same word, but I added B in front of it. And then to be compromised is made vulnerable as to be attacked or misused by unauthorized access. And so keeping quiet about so many things that I was going through in my marriage as, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing things as a good wife, I essentially was being compromised. I wasn't compromising. I was being compromised. And in doing that, I pretty much found myself in this place where I did not realize I was being abused. And I remember the first time that I had to come to the decision. And I think I'm so thankful for the people who uh, were supportive of the fact that I had to make this decision. But I didn't realize I was being abused. And so staying silent about it, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just compromising. But all this time, I'm in a vulnerable state, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and did not realize that that put me in a place where I was being compromised. And it wasn't until the day that I had to go to to the courthouse to get a restraining order, because at this point, there were different things that had taken place, uh, you know, a lot of abuse, a lot of aggression, a lot of fussing, uh, even asking me to leave the home where I pay all of the bills. And it was just one of those things where I found myself going to put in a restraining order and reading all of the things that I had to write. They wanted me to go back six months. And of course, I had six months worth of things to write. I could have written, I've written maybe at that point, a page and a half. And when I was rereading it to make sure I had the dates in order, tears began to come down my face in this like little room. And I was like, wow, 
I'm being abused. I'm in an abusive situation. And the shock factor for me was that I didn't realize a lot of time what happened with me, with him, was he would make these comments, it's not like I blacked your eye. It's not like I'm slapping you down. And I remember telling a few people who I thought could help me, who I'm no longer in contact with. I remember telling one person in particular, I'm afraid of him. And they asked me, well, did he slap you in the face? And I was like, no, this is far beyond that. I can't sleep because he's bursting in the room or he's doing all of these things. And so that was early on in the abuse part of it. And so I kind of shut down and I got quiet about it and I compromised. I compromised so much that as I'm the only one who pays all of the bills, made all of the financial decisions of the home, of the family unit, of the structure, for the children, for myself, even for him, I was put out of the master bedroom and was forced to sleep in the room with, with my children. Now, each one of them have their own rooms, but of course, because I'm sleeping in the room with the youngest one, of course, the oldest one wanted to sleep in there too. And so we would sleep in there with the door locked because we had a bedtime and we've always had a bedtime. Even now, how it's summer, bedtime is between anywhere from 830 to 1030. But we've always, it was during school. So we, they've always had a bedtime of 830 and we're in the room sleep and he would come in irate, busting in the room at one o'clock in the morning because he's just getting home saying how he needs to say goodnight to his children. And so the social and mental and emotional abuse that came with that, you know, not being able to sleep, having to walk around on eggshells, all this time I'm thinking, I'm making compromise, I'm making provision. I'm gonna use provision and compromise interchangeably because I made the necessary provisions. When it came time for me to even, you know, doing a doctorate in global health, would have required me to take a missions trip. I took a lesser internship to compromise, but I was being compromised because I lacked the knowledge to be able to even further what it was that I wanted to do, the agenda that I had in place for completing my doctorate. Of course, by the grace of God, I still completed, but I found myself in being compromised being vulnerable and being attacked, being down and kicked while I'm down. I remember we would, he would always call me outside to talk. We're in the same house, but at this point you want to call me outside to talk because you don't want the children to hear, but the children are hearing because you're yelling at me and I'm pretty much quiet. And I'm sitting down on the porch and he's like bucking up at me like he's going to hit me. And I was in a state of mind where I didn't want to say, are you going to hit me? Because I feel like asking that would, would be an invitation to getting hit. And so I did not ask, but I remember being afraid and I was like, can you not do that? I'm afraid. And his response was, I could do more than this to make you scared. And essentially it was like just in a place where I realized you know, coming from seeing my mom go through uh, abuse, domestic violence, I just equated domestic violence to the actual physical, the actual hitting. I did not essentially equate my situation 
I was never really um, hit. I was jacked up. I did get jacked up one time. He came in the home irate and he snatched me up, bent my wrist. And interestingly enough, you know, when it came time to go through court and things of that nature, he had the nerve to say, why didn't I call the police? And I'm going to be honest with you. And many women probably can identify with this. I didn't find myself calling the police in that particular situation and in other situations out of fear of I did not want them to come and one, maybe take him to jail or two, maybe shoot him because we know the current climate that we live in. I did not want that for my children to see and I did not want that for, you know, to be this home, to be that stigma in the neighborhood because we live in a very quiet neighborhood. Essentially, um, my home, um, I'm the youngest of the homeowners in the neighborhood. A lot of the people in the neighborhood have inherited their homes from their mothers and they're, you know, and they're in their 70s. So their mothers, you know, have passed on. And so living in this place where I was being compromised, being vulnerable, being attacked, being misused, being abused, I decided that that is not something I want for my children. Living in that abusive situation, that abusive time period, I also found it interesting that as my relationships tend to change, and you want to listen to the previous episode of how relationships around me started to change, when I started to gain support from people, the more irate he became. The thing about people and their abusive nature, they thrive in the lies. They thrive in the fact that no one knows what's going on. They thrive in your silence. And so even going back to that, to that quote that says, if you stay silent about the problem to keep the peace, there is a 0% chance that the problem will be fixed. Once I started to try to get help, because now I had to go to therapy in secret. So I would lie and say, you know, I um I have a class. I have a meeting with a client just so I could have a little bit of seclusion in that moment to do therapy. Because first things first, when he did find out that I was in therapy, his first response was, what are you telling them about me? And that wasn't the moment where I was like, oh, I just really was like, I don't really have anything to tell them about you because I'm going to therapy for me, it wasn't about you. But I now realize, you know, in that abusive time period, he wanted to make sure that I wasn't telling people how bad he was to me. And so when the box of secrets started to open up, there was nothing he could do. His world was spiraling out of control. And ultimately, I'm in a place in my life where while I was with him, managing the household finances, managing all of these things while allowing him to live his life lackadaisically and just do whatever he wanted to do with his funds and his finances, while also bleeding me dry too. We, you know, financial abuse was a big part of it because anytime I needed to make any type of major move that required my funds, whether it would be going forward more in my business, 
promoting my children's business, he would always have this need. So he was like a black hole for my money. My money was just draining. And again, this wasn't compromise. I was being compromised in that vulnerable state. A compromise is like, oh, we don't need to do this, but we can do this. And it's for the greater good of the home. But every move he made was only for the greater good of himself. And ultimately, I found this place where I just didn't want to be a part of that anymore. And so when the box of secrets started to open up and, you know, now I'm letting people know, well, he's never paid a bill here. So I'm not quite sure why he's borrowing money from you and telling you it's for a bill because I never saw any of that money. He doesn't know how much the light bill is, the water bill, the mortgage even. So interestingly enough, it was like, well, why are you telling people my business? Well, now I'm telling them because people are coming to me asking me, why are you borrowing money from them? You know, we, oh, we underwent a major home repair and that major home repair required, I mean, them digging up the whole plumbing, digging up pretty much the foundation of the home. We had to live in an apartment for a couple of months and paying for that apartment and paying the mortgage was all on me. He never once had to buy a grocery. He's never bought groceries. You know, they say bring home the bacon. He never brought home the bacon, the bread, the juice, nothing. And so it was an unfortunate situation to see because the more people wanted to help me, the more people wanted to assist me, the more he wanted to find fault in them. And so I underwent a major surgery about a year ago, uh, hernia surgery. And interestingly enough, uh, my sister, my younger sister and my mom, they took care of me. And I found that he was supposed to be taking care of the children and he did it. He dropped the ball on that. And that was eye opening for me because while in that moment we should have had some sort of compromise, now my children are in a place where they are being compromised. And so much so it wasn't you're leaving them home alone. Like they're not even at that age where they should be left home alone. I've never done that. And, you know, you're telling them don't tell me things. When ultimately I raise them to tell me everything, no matter how bad. Yeah, so pretty much on the topic of me being compromised, I also found myself very, very manipulated. And it took maybe once he was out of the picture and out of the home due to uh they did grant me the restraining order uh because there was sufficient evidence so it wasn't until after he was out of the picture now i'm realizing i was severely manipulated manipulated to believe that i was the problem manipulated to believe that i could have done better uh, manipulated to believe that I was a bad mom, manipulated to believe that I was unworthy of being uh, not with him, so to speak. So he would often make comments, you think you're going to leave me and be with somebody else? Who's going to want you? You have two children. Or just to manipulate me so much so that he would even, if I made plans to have to go study, because mind you, at the at that time, I'm still like heavily deep in my doctorate, 
doing the homework, doing the studying, the research. And I would say, okay, I have to be to the library at two. He would say, okay, I will be home at one so I can stay with the children so you can leave. Then I got to the place, and this happened a number of times, by the way. But the final straw for me was I actually was supposed to be meeting with someone uh, to go over some research. And he's like, okay, I'll be there. I'm on my way. I'm like 10 minutes away. The 10 minutes never came. And then he shows up. He was supposed. I was supposed to meet with the person at 2, which would have meant I needed to leave the house maybe at like 1.30. And he was supposed to be here at 1. And he never showed up until like 6 o'clock. And he says, so you're not going anymore? And I was like, no, I had to cancel because you told me you were 10 minutes away, but you never came. You're just getting here all these hours later. And so... It wasn't until he was out of the picture where I realized manipulation is so simple. It's simply your words don't match your actions. You're telling me you love me, but you treated me horribly. You're telling me you love me, but you don't care about me. I would get so much good news and so many good things were happening in my life at one point, And I got to this place where I couldn't even share it with him because it boiled down to you know, me being told and the verbal abuse ugh, was too much to cover in this episode. But even the verbal abuse to the point of, you know, your degrees. And, and I was like, I don't define myself by my degrees. I, let's be honest, I compromise so much or I was being compromised so much that I didn't even know how I defined myself. And so I just only wanted to define myself as a mom. But what happened was because I stayed with him for so long and what I thought was compromise, which would mean walking on eggshells, you know, not saying certain things because I know he would get upset. That's not compromise. Compromise is both parties coming together for the greater good. Both parties being able to say, hey, this person says I like A, this person says I like C, but we can agree on B. Not just one person making the moves and doing everything. I was being compromised. And so I just want to encourage you to understand um, when t to know when you are in a compromising situation and how damaging it can be. And so for me, being in this place where I will no longer compromise I can compromise I compromise with my children all the time they love to make a good deal but I will no longer be put in a place where I will be compromised I no longer deserve that and you know when opportunities come and things are looking up for me and I realize that there's people who genuinely want to celebrate me and be there for me those are the people that deserve a seat at the table not the people who only wanted to take from me when I was vulnerable. Not the people who just stuck around to see if I was going to make it to the end, only to have their nose turned up because I did make it to the end. And so I just want to encourage you that if something was said on this episode that resonated with you, share it with at least one person. And remember, 
Black Girl Say Something airs every Friday, a new episode at 1 p.m. And we're available wherever you listen to podcasts.